And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for uh, joining us here on the program today. Today's going to be a very special program. I think you're going to enjoy it uh, as we get set to uh, uh, basically uh, talk with the author of Living in Color. It is a love story in sickness and in health. Uh, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, I don't know if those are categories. We'll find out. Uh, Mike Murphy is my guest, and we are going to be talking about this and a lot of other stuff. Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Thank you for having me, Richard. Glad to be here. This is, I think, going to be a lot of fun uh, because uh, we're all dealing with this. Now, it sounds predominantly like this book is geared towards, you know, married couples or people thinking about getting married or maybe going into a relationship, just, you know, uh, hanging together. Maybe it's best friends. I, I I can tell you this, my best friend, who I am proud to say I have known for 50 of my 61 years on this planet, um, we, uh, we never uttered these words, uh, but uh, we went through grade school, high school, and college together. We took a road trip together, one of the greatest tests of a relationship, uh, and we managed to survive to this day uh, because that road trip, we nearly, it nearly severed our relationship as friends, best friends, when money came into the picture. And I just said, okay, if you're willing to do this, so am I. I'm willing to call it zero on both of our tallies because I don't want to lose the friendship. And he said, okay. And we've been for good friends ever since. So uh, are, we, are we speaking specifically here about uh, uh, intimate uh, uh, married with rings and the whole ceremony thing relationships? Yeah, so the book focuses on the six-month period of time. And involving my wife at the time. And, but we met in 2000 and she walked into my uh, Chevrolet dealership to sell me some advertising for Telmundo Hispanic advertising. And the moment our eyes met, there was an instant connection, but I was married. She was married. So nothing happened. And it was almost, you know, Plato talked about twin flames that were one soul cut in half. And we mm. spent many times looking for the other. And that's what we came to believe that that was our relationship. So, so we worked together for seven months and she was falling in love with me. I didn't realize it. I was falling in love with her. She didn't realize it. One day we compared notes and started a relationship. And so it was very difficult for us to get together. And, and it took a lot of work and a lot of drama, but, but we eventually did. And then nine months after that, I found a stage three tumor in her breast. And so she was at that time, only 29 years old. And wow. so the we pick up the story in the book. The opening scene is November 29th, 2010, about nine years after we had met. And the doctors tell her, Margo, unfortunately, the cancer is spread to the lining of your brain and to your cerebral spinal fluid. If you do nothing, you have six weeks to live. And if you treat it, you have six months to live. And so the story is that's the story, but with flashbacks into our love story and all the other drama that we went through. So it's, a, it's, a, it's such a powerful book. And even though you know the ending, it's a page turner. You can't put it down because she was so evolved, spiritually evolved. And, and it's written in such a way that you just want to keep reading it. You know, I find the universe's synchronicity <laughs> to be so incredible. My present wife went through a diagnosis and surgery and treatment for a rare form of fallopian tube cancer in July of 2001. Wow. Same time we were going through it. Yeah. And <laughs> so you and I are going to have some interesting notes to compare here. 
And um, one of the first questions that I asked her, and I think it was maybe right before she rolled into the operating room, um, I found out later she had already asked herself that question. And it's also the premise for my book, Choices, Five Steps to Life. And that question was, and I asked it exactly this way, and with as much compassion as possible. Do you want to live or do you want to die? I may not like your choice, but I will support you in it, whatever it is. Did you ever face that particular moment with her? What's interesting, the first chapter of the book, so he gives us this news, and I immediately jump in, okay, what would you do? And she says, wait, 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 wait. He look, she looks at her right in the eyes and says, is there any hope? I mean, that was her first reaction, is there any hope? And he said, it would take a miracle. So what she did, you know, we, we never talked about six weeks or six months. We chose the treatment. I'm glad she did, because I'm grateful for every extra single second she was here, right? Mm -hmm. But, but... But what happened was while we were while she was fighting for her life and praying for a miracle, she was simultaneously preparing to take that last breath. Mm. And so the reason I wanted to write the book is because I was blessed to be a witness to this woman who's 15 years younger than me, so much further evolved, literally transcended suffering transcended death right before my very eyes. And, and the book has been finished since 2016 and it didn't get published for a number of reasons. One, I don't think I was emotionally ready, but two, I think the world, you mentioned synchronicity and serendipity. So I think the world, the world needs this book right now because here's a young woman that every day was staring fear. Like the world is looking at fear every day with whatever's going on. And I have no idea what's going on, but it's crazy. It's, not, it's nothing I've experienced before, but every day she had to choose between fear and look death in the face, and she always chose love. And I think that's what we need to do to raise the consciousness in this world right now and to, to offset whatever's going on here is we need to help one another, and that will raise the consciousness. And that was the beautiful lesson of this book and the lesson that my wife gave to me. Hmm. Now, you both were already, you were already married to other people. Yeah, so, you know, it's so funny. I mean, and... and well, we just got a great review for the book today. And the, and the, the real reviewer said, you know, I didn't like the way they started out, but I, but I fell in love with them because, because we were, the book is so real and, and it's messy. I mean, life is messy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to tell you that. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, and, but here's the deal is that uh, just phenomenal woman and phenomenal strength. So just, I'm blessed. Yeah. Folks, if you're interested, and I hope you are, we are going to be linked to Michael Murphy's website, michaelmurphyunfiltered.com. Michael, I like that. Michael Murphy, unfiltered, uncut, uncensored. Um, that's right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna unplugged. <laughs> there you go. Let's do it. And by uh, the way, let me just correct you. It's, it's Mike, not Michael. It so. is Mike Murphy. My, my official name is Michael, but Mike's my nickname. Ah, and now I'm looking at the URL, and it is Mike M I K E. Uh, and I find this also very interesting too that you and I were sitting here chatting. And here I am, Richard Dugan, host of Tell Me Your Story. There you are, Mike. My brother's name is also Mike. Oh. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's funny how my sisters, they have all locked into and stayed with the first husband, uh, whereas my brother and I, eh, not so much. But, you know, like you said, life gets messy sometimes. Let me add a couple things to that, too, because, you know, 
I had married my first wife twice. And so in my first book, Love Unfiltered, I tell the story how in when I was 14, I became a habitual runaway, juvenile delinquent, and quit going to school. Um, and fortunately, you know, and I was in a 12-step program when someone said to me, hey, your life is a mess, but I know somebody might be able to hurt you, help you. And so I met the mystery man. That's a whole nother story, mm-hmm. right? But my point is, one of the, my, my manifestations that I brought into my life was to remarry my first wife. And so the first time we had one child and I left, I walked out of him when the baby was two months old. And because I was a habitual runaway and my parents always took me back. Well, I call her up and say, Hey, I'm ready to come home. And she said, Oh no, sorry. We'll pass. So, so my, my first intention was to get back with her. So after being divorced for four years, she's hating my guts. We get remarried. We have three more kids. I become very successful automobile dealership, in San Francisco Bay Area. We're, we're making a lot of money, living in a beautiful home, beautiful life. I'm the last guy on planet earth ever to get divorced. I promise you it would never even cross my mind. And the day that Margot walked into my office, I was 43. She was 27 to sell me advertising. She'd only been married two months and she's a very appropriate, you know, classy person. She's in the life. It's just not, we, we're not the people to do that. But th- like I said, this connection, this, this, this connection that I believe went back many, many lifetimes forever, probably, you know, and it, there was no stopping it. And now in hindsight, you know, we have the luxury of 2020 hindsight, you know, it, it worked out better. It worked out better for my ex-wife. It worked out better for her ex-husband. It even worked out better for Margo, believe it or not, who's not with us anymore. And it definitely worked out better for me. Painful, but the growth, the growth, that we all went through and my four children. So, so, you know, you never know. Right. And, and so we get caught in judgment and sometimes we, we, we don't jump in to, we don't follow our heart. We don't follow our path because of fear. And so I think that's the other lesson in this book. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, it, I got to tell you, the story is, is incredible and it's so much better to hear it straight from you than, than necessarily reading a book, but I encourage people to go to your website, MikeMurphyUnfiltered.com. We will be linked to your website as well. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we do bring you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are talking with Mike Murphy, and uh, he is a best-selling author, speaker, uh, coach, and consultant. He's committed to helping you uh, to uh, manifest your deepest dreams. He's also the author and creator. We're going to talk a little bit about this in a little in a little bit. He's the creator of The Creation Frequency, which is a project that distills the best lessons that uh, he has learned over 30 years plus, I'm sure, of trial and error into the easy-to-use online course and book. Uh, let me uh, back up to the, the book that we are talking about here today. We're kind of featuring in this respect, and that is Living in Color. How did that title come about? Margo. I mean, that was her thing. You know, she said she, she married the wrong person because that was the right thing to do. She was actually in love with another guy that, you know, was a not, not a, you know, what, what her parents would approve of, right? Mm-hmm. So she took the safe route, college graduate, blah, blah, blah. But she wasn't fulfilled, right? She she was living in black and white. These are her words. And she would always tell me, you know, I want to live in color. I want to live my life in color. And boy, did she ever. And, you know, the most beautiful thing about her, and, and you know, I love you naming your show because she would always, when she met someone, tell me your story. Tell me your story. She wanted to know people's story. And and when, when you were with her, you, it was as you were the only person in the room, you know, she would just captivated and has such a beautiful smile, beautiful energy. And she loved to go scuba diving when what's more beautiful than that. Right. So, so she just loved, and for her, that meant living, 
That meant not settling, just living and giving it everything. She, when she got diagnosed with cancer and she shaves her head, first thing she does is jump out of an airplane. You know, I mean, that's oh. the kind of person she was. Well, uh, let me just say that I have been shaving my head for the same reasons. Well, not for Margo, because I didn't know Margo. For my wife, my present wife, uh, since uh, um, September of uh, 2001. Matter of fact, the story goes this way. I had long hair. I still have the ponytail. OK, I had them bind it up and then I still have it. But mm -hmm. um, I said, you know what, I'm I know you're going to lose your hair. So I tell you what, let's go together to the hairstylist and we will get our heads shaved together. Yeah. She was all in. And then she gets a phone call from her oncologist telling her, oh, by the way, the uh, the chemo they're going to be using, uh, not quite as severe. So you're just going to lose a little of your hair, not all of it. So she backed out. Well, I was all ready to go. I was, I was, I was just, I'm, I'm going to do this. And so I did. And I've been doing it God ever since. For, God bless you for doing that. Because, you know, you know that's, that's crucial. Uh, and my dear friend, Dennis Bond, who has since passed, left this earth, who died, uh, uh, he was also uh, uh, bald. He, sh he would shave his head. And when I was training him at the radio station I was working for in Phoenix, uh, God, 30 years ago, I think, something like that, uh, he always told me, he says, you got to shave your head. You got a good skull. You know, they look good. And I, I never did until 2001. And so ever since I did that, he has always referred to me as his bald brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. Um, let me ask you in reference to another area here. Um, you know, I asked you about uh, whether or not you ever question, asked that question that I asked my, my wife uh, in regards to living and dying. And of course, um, uh, obviously, you, you were both committed to doing everything you could to, to maximize the days that you had left, not knowing how many there were. Um, you became a caregiver and it probably became a very, very challenging. You never signed on to be a caregiver. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't the deal, but because you love the woman as I love my wife, you, you know, you, uh, here, here's this huge challenge. And I will tell you in all honesty, there was a point in time. Now she, I started becoming that caregiver in August. Her surgery was August 10th and she started her chemo in late August, I believe. So I, I waited on her hand and foot. I don't, and, and she even, uh, for, for, um, uh, for a, a week or two, she didn't go to work. And then she went back to work in spite of the chemo. So the woman is very strong, yeah. but I got to a point in November where it's like, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. I need a break. And a buddy of mine who lives in San Diego invited me for the weekend. Well, uh, folks, I will share this with you. And, and again, this is not to cast any negativity on either my wife or I. There's no bad person in this, in this scenario. She says, if I let you go, I will resent you the rest of my life. And if I don't let you go, you'll resent me the rest of your life. Well, I went. And I was willing to deal with the repercussions afterward because I had spoken with the East Valley Cancer Center. Uh, I, I was public affairs director for a radio station at that time. And the woman there said, you need to take time for you. How are you going to help her if you get sick, if you get worn out? What about you and your role as caregiver? Well, at this point in the game, it was pretty easy for me, but I would take breaks just like you mentioned, and, and, and my wife supported that, so there wasn't a problem. My big decision came 
early on in our relationship when we were just boyfriend, girlfriend, and I'd left my wife, my $4 million house, my four kids, and I'm looking at divorce, a very expensive, messy divorce. And here's a young woman, stage three breast cancer. And my personal doctor said, Mike, this will eventually kill her, you know, and that was my big decision. You know, that was my come to Jesus because it wasn't between two women. It was between a fam, a woman I married twice, four children, a lifestyle. You know, I coached Little League. I, I taught Bible study. I mean, you know, I was very successful in the community. And, and so that I'm going to lose all that for sure. Right. You know, you leave your wife or a younger woman. I mean, you're, you're ruined. And, but, but, so that was my decision. And, and I'll never, I'll always remember making them standing there right in my backyard where my family lived, looking over the valley and going, you know, if, if I come home and I leave her and she dies, can I live with her, with myself? And, and the answer was no, I can't, I couldn't, you know? And so I, that's when I made a decision. So when I made that big decision, you know, being there as her caretaker, you know, and, it, and believe me, if, if you read it, but you'll be blown away what this poor woman went through for those six months and, and even leading up to that. Right. But so, but, but we, we worked that out, you know, and I would, she would go, go, Mike, go play golf, go play golf, you know, so that wasn't a big issue, but I will say this for everybody that is a caretaker, because after Margot died, I started a nonprofit foundation and I've worked with hundreds of women below the poverty line while they battle cancer. And the first thing I always ask them, who is supporting you emotionally? Because most women aren't getting any, okay? Most men don't want to deal with this, right? So I think if you're in that role as a caretaker, support, just be there, be present, listen, be kind, open your heart. But if you got to go do stuff, I mean, if you need a break, you need a break, right? I mean, it's, it's tough work, but you know, and I was also lucky her parents were with us the whole six months and, and her dog. So, you know, we, we had a lot of support, so yeah. I was blessed. Well, uh, I will say that my, my, my parents would swing by every so often throughout the, the days and the weeks that she was dealing with the chemo and all of that. We had a neighbor, two neighbors across the street that would come in and check on her regularly each day uh, because I, had to, I still went to work, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, the, these processes are not easy. And, and what's interesting is... <laughs> Like I said, the universe of synchronicity, and this just hit me. Uh, I met my second wife after 15 years with my first wife. No children. Uh, and um, we went through a, a messy, uh, I'll say, seven-month divorce, eight-month divorce process. Uh, that finally settled the way that I wanted it to from the very beginning, but now it's uh, $3,000 later. <laughs> and uh, so I got off cheap, actually. People say, oh, you got off cheap, man, because they can get real expensive. But then I met, I met my present wife, and, you know, we're rolling along, doing great since 1998. And then whammo, 2001, just, just as you experienced. And uh, it's really something now. Another issue that I want to talk about as we continue here is I want to talk about the relationship you have with your present, uh, with your former, I'll call her former wife. I, 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 it's hard for me to say ex because 
I, in my case, I spent 15 years with this woman. You created four children with the woman you were with and married twice. My gosh. But we're going to do that in a minute. Uh, but first, I want to remind our listeners, this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're talking with Mike Murphy, the author of Living in Color. Uh, it's a love story in sickness and in health. And uh, we are uh, giving you uh, new paradigms for a new world. We are also looking for those new ways of living here on Tell Me Your Story. And through this process of talking with Mike Murphy, our, our guest here on the program, who's written a book called Living in Color, we certainly hope that you will uh, glean some wonderful uh, experiences and lessons that he learned and has learned over 30 years in, in his life uh, and now shares that through the, through the work that he does and the various foundations that he has, including Love, for, uh, love from Margot, Mountains of Hope and Yoga uh, Meda uh, Madeline. Medellin. 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 Which is where which is where I am right now, Medellin, Colombia. So that's you're oh. now an international um, broadcaster. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh we're gonna talk about these foundations as well, but before we move any further into the interview, I understand that you have uh, something special for those who are listening and watching. Tell me your story on this program. So for your listeners, and by the way, you know, um, in my book, Creation Frequency, uh, one of your neighbors, Jack Canfield, wrote the foreword. So he lives right there in Santa Barbara. Yeah. In my first book called Love Unfiltered, I tell the story after my wife had passed away that, you know, I never went to school. And but I decided to go to a 10 day school with the called the School of the Work with Byron Katie, who's over there in Ojai. So my heart goes out to your listeners out there. Uh, those two guys are amazing people. So I love them. So. Um, so, yeah. So love for Margot Foundation. So after Margot had passed, I got to tell you, you know, you would think. I would be prepared, right? I knew, you know, she's given six months at six and a half months and, you know, but you always think you have one more day mm -hmm. until you don't. And, and I was so devastated. My heart was so broken. You know, I said, what I used to say is that, you know, it was if I, ha I was defenseless, you know, there, I had no defenses. And so in that state, my creator, who I call God, was able to go in, fillet open my heart, take out all the BS, all the arrogance, all the self-centeredness and replace it with love. And, and so that's how I started to operate from a big, wide, open heart, no left brain, no right brain. And so I went out in the world like that. And, 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 you know, of course I got my ass handed to me, you know, financially from a lot of different directions, because when you're weak like that, you're subject to, and you're trying to help and do good and you have a pure heart. But, but, but I have to tell you, my net worth probably went up five, six X because I always say you can't outgive God. You know, the more you give, the more you receive. So, so that was the beautiful lesson. But what happened was right after she had passed and here I am with this open heart, a dear friend of mine calls me up and says, Mike, my sister-in-law, her name is Amanda. She's moving down here from uh, Wyoming because she has stage four breast cancer. She's 38 years old, same age as when Margot passed, 38. Three children, she's a minority, no husband, poor insurance, no money, no resources. Will you introduce her to Margot's oncologist? I said, of course I will. So I take Amanda there and he says, okay, let's do some tests. They always got to do every, you go to a doctor today, the doctor tomorrow wants to do the same test. <laughs> Tell me this isn't about money. Okay, so so he orders all this stuff. And, but while, while I'm doing this with Amanda, we probably went to a couple minor surgeries and a couple testing things. And what I noticed is that they, they treated her differently than they treated Margot. They would talk down to her, talk over her head. 
And I just felt uncomfortable. That's that was my only observation. But then we got back to Margo's oncologist, and he says, Amanda, the best protocol to extend your life are these three chemotherapies simultaneously. Unfortunately, your insurance will only pay for one, so that's all I can give you. I have to tell you, Richard. I mean, I mean, I, I've never experienced anything in like my like in my life, and I was just flabbergasted. I said, "Hey, here's my credit card, and just give her whatever she needs." And unbeknownst to me, that was the seed of what then became the Love for Margot Foundation. Mm. And so, so then I've I've literally sat uh, for four or five years with close to 200 women below the poverty line, almost all of them minorities, and with this terrible illness, right? And so I really got to know them and got their heart. But here was the problem. I'm spending all this money, tons of money, and they're getting sicker and sicker and dying. I'm going, okay, so this woman came into my life for four months. I helped her out financially, maybe paid some rent, this, that, maybe four or five grand, right? You know, we have to cap it somewhere, right? And it was never enough, believe mm-hmm. me, okay? And, and then they get sicker and sicker and die. I go, okay, this is, and, and, and not, not many people want to sustain uh, giving money to poor minority women that are dying of cancer, okay? So it was a really bad concept, but I learned so much. So then I go, okay. I'm going to try to help. So I buy water purifiers. I buy juicing machines. I buy raw vegetables. And so, but now they think I'm their doctor. I go, oh, I'm a car salesman. This is not going to work either. Mm-hmm. So after a year of that, I said, okay, enough. And so then I came to Columbia in 2015. I said, okay, I'm going to buy a, a what they call fincas here. We call farms are really more like a hacienda. So I buy this place and we're going to do retreats and we're going to create a place. And I call it conscious capitalism because that's sustainable. So we will charge people to come to a retreat. And then we take some of that money and we, we give scholarships to women through the Love for Margot Foundation, recently diagnosed women with no money that want to either go natural or they have their, their immune system hasn't been too terribly ruined yet by the treatment there. And they can come here. And more importantly, we're, we're going to reprogram everything. We're going to get the toxicity out of the body while we're giving them IVs of what they really need. We're going to reprogram this, any limiting beliefs, any BS in here. We're going to create new neural pathways and, and give them hope and, 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 and teach them how to manifest with I use in my book, The Creation Frequency. And then more importantly, we're going to get them to move in here and anything that needs to be healed in here. You know, Louise Hay is a great author and she says almost every illness is related to some emotional wound. And I really believe that's true, especially when it comes to sexual organs, right? So so we're going to get in here. And that's what I love the work of Byron Katie right over there in Ojai. She is brilliant at getting in here and cleaning this up, right? So it's a 22-day transformational health retreat. And we're going to show these women, plus we're, and by the way, we're at 7,000 feet in the Andes Mountains at the equator. Every day is beautiful and perfect. It's 365 days a year. Mm. The air is so fresh and clean. The, I always tell my friends, if you can't heal here, you're not going to heal anywhere. So the environment <laughs> is great, but yeah. we're going to give you the, you know, it's a juice detox. It's a water, whatever, whatever you need. It's medically supervised. And, and we're going to put you in, we're going to teach you how to heal yourself because here's the bottom line. There are no victims. We're either all victims or none of us are victims. And so I say none of us are victims because then we can take our power back. And when I get my power back, I can learn to heal myself because truth is doctors are not going to heal me. Nobody's going to, me and my creator are the only ones that can heal me. And that's what we're going to teach them. So, so we're super excited about that. And you mentioned uh, something for your listeners. I want to bring it up right now. So I wrote this book called the creation frequency came out in 2018. But it's a story of me in a 12-step program at age 25, 1982. And it's got, my friend says, man, you're, you're a total loser, but I know somebody might be able to help you. So he introduces me to this man, Doug Fitzgerald. And he goes, Mike, you come here one hour a week for seven weeks. I promise you'll get everything you want in your life. 
So he taught me the secret, but, but the secret keeps out the biggest secret because week seven. So he teaches me to write an intention as if it already exists, because there's no difference between imagination and reality. Whatever I can feel and see here will come into my physical reality. Mm. Steve Jobs, he had this desire. He used this to create the plan, and now it's in my hand. Mm -hmm. And everybody's doing the law of attraction. They just don't know it. So I teach people, let's do it with intention, right? So what he said to me, he said, Mike, I break your life into six areas. You got family, contribution, career, work, money, all that stuff, right? And so every week, we're going to write an intention that it already exists. So he says, what's the most important thing in your life? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm dying every day. I'm miserable. I can't stay sober. I can't stay off drugs. I want my wife back. I want my daughter, who's I left it, uh, two months, is now two years. And I want my family back. I don't want some other guy raising my daughter. He goes, okay, we're going to write it. So we write it. Now, this woman hates my guts. And I could barely pay the $187 a month child support. Okay, that's it. And I, I had a $100 car. I couldn't even close the door. I mean, I, I no education, no credit, but bad credit, no future. Couldn't rub two nickels together. So we write this intention. Lisa and I are so happily married. Our daughter, Michelle, thrives in this marriage. Blah, blah, blah. About a paragraph, two paragraphs, right? Next week, what do you want? I want to own my own business. Next week, what do you want? I want to make $10,000 a month. Next week, what do you want? I want to run a marathon. Next week, what do you want? I want to build a boy's home contribution. So, so we create these six intentions. Week seven, this 1982, he brings out a boom box. Now, for you youngsters out there, that's what we used to use to listen to music on, okay? <laughs> he takes a cassette tape, okay, which you've probably never seen one. And, and this cassette tape has theta brainwave music. Then he gives me a tape recorder. He hands me a microphone and then he hands me a relaxation script and I already have my six intentions. He says, Mike, you're going to read the relaxation script because we're going to put you in a self-hypnotic trance. The music's going to help get you into this past the conscious mind into the subconscious mind. And that's where miracles, that's where you live. That's where, that's where your youth programming takes over. And that's where you're usually living. Okay. And we're going to make it conscious for you because we wrote these intentions and you're going to be conscious of them and you're going to have intention. So then I record my intentions. So seven weeks later, I leave with a cassette tape and he was charging me $50 a week. So I'm $350 poor. And I didn't have it. The first week I wrote a bad check. So, so he goes, I want you to listen every morning, every night. Okay. Within four or five months, I own my own restaurant. Two years, she calls me up and says, Hey, can you take me to a Christmas party? We get remarried in, in six months, have three more kids. I go on $10,000 a month. I, I made as much as probably $500,000 a month. I mean, so my point is this, everything that he taught me came true. Now, what happened? I became very wealthy and successful. And what does Tony Robbins say? When we're successful, we're party. We party. When we're not, we ponder. So I kind of screwed up with Margot because I, I, I'd left that behind me, right? And, and I didn't bring it out of the trick bag till it was too late with her, right? Because, you know, here's when she was diagnosed, we were just boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm not even in the room when they're talking about whether they're going to freeze eggs or not. And here's a poor girl that desperately wanted to have a baby. Right. Yeah. So, so what, so it was very awkward. And then of course we get married and then, you know, we, we, we trust the doctor. We trust all this, right. You know, we have faith. And then later on we realize, Hey, maybe we should have looked at other alternatives, right. Who knows? But my point is this, that we can manifest what we truly desire and we're doing it every day anyway. So the creation frequency is all about doing it with intention. So I want to give that course. We sell the course for $197. So if your listeners buy the book, just buy um, living in color. It's $2. I think Kindle right now it might go up in a few days and then paperbacks 15. So invest in the book. I promise you the book is good. You're going to love the book. I promise you everybody that's read it. Everybody's read a review. It, it, it will touch your heart and it will stay with you a long time and it will inspire you. 
So buy the book, send me proof of purchase, Mike at MikeMurphyUnfiltered.com. Just proof of purchase that you bought it at Amazon or wherever. And I will send you a, a promo code to get the course for free. And if you take this course, I promise you, your life won't get easier, but it'll get 10 times better. Okay, because it does take work. You know, that book, Think and Grow Rich, I love it, yep. but we got to work. We got to take some action. And and the other thing, you know, Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. No, I feel, so therefore I am. See, they don't want us to feel. This is our truth meter. This can be brainwashed. I can be BSing you right now and you don't even know it, right? But when you live here, this is your truth. And then you trust your gut. Now you're connected. I love the work of Dr. Joda Spins in the world. My book is a little wham, bam, thank you, ma'am book, right? I mean, it's just like the how do. Right. This guy, he's gone so deep into the science and quantum physics. I mean, I could listen to his stuff all day long. And so this is real, ladies and gentlemen. And I want you to have this gift because when you make the world a better place, who benefits? We all do. And I do. And so we're all connected. That's the storyline. Yeah. Living in Color is the book that you'll want to pick up and then send proof of purchase to Mike at MikeMurphyUnfiltered.com as we continue talking about uh, the work that he's doing. And we're going to do that here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm your host, Richard Dugan, and I thank you for uh, staying with us here on the program as we continue our conversation with author, uh, coach, speaker, Mike Murphy. I want to ask you about... um, I want to I want to ask you about of course your your relationship with your uh, your your former wife and family but I'm more interested at this moment in <clears throat> your personal philosophy. Now you you mentioned that you uh in your in your previous life with your former wife uh, you you were doing all those other things that guys do that fathers do and one in particular was Bible study. Uh, I worked for 15 years for a Christian radio station. I was born and raised a Catholic. Uh, I, I, I will be honest with you. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I'm pretty familiar with a lot of the ins and outs of this stuff. I'm curious as to how your philosophy has changed uh, not just since, well, yes, since, but during that process, because I would venture that you must have, in spite of your feelings, and by the way, there's a, a wonderful movie called uh, The Butcher's Wife uh, that uses the phrase split apart, as you sort of described earlier in the program. And even my wife and I, we kind of look at it that way. Not soulmates, but split apart. Yeah. So talk to us about the struggles that you had internally with your own beliefs and the philosophy that you were raised and were teaching other people there in the church that you were attending and teaching Bible study. So first of all, great question. And I will share with you, you know, I was interviewed by Larry King, who I believe is the greatest interviewer of all time. And you have that same skill set because you're listening and then you're formulating your questions. So and we have a similar background. I grew up Catholic. Okay. now I didn't really buy that, you know, in the fifth grade, you know, when it says, Lord, have mercy, I'm saying, Lord, have Murphy. Okay. I mean, I mean, you know, my first girl I ever kissed was in the confessional in the fifth grade. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you were breaking all the rules, buddy. You were breaking all the rules. 
up, up until third grade, I did believe a lot of that. And then I fell in great, fell in love with my fourth grade nun teacher. So anyways, <laughs> but, but anyway, so let me, so, and then I became a really bad person. I mean, juvenile delinquent, run away in jail. I mean, you know, it was me, 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 me. Right. And then I ended up and, and you know, I found some girl dumb enough to marry me and got pregnant. And then I, I just ran away. And, but so what, so, so I went from that Catholic thing to the 12 step thing. And let me say something about that approach to life. You know, those 12 steps are designed to give you a life of freedom and peace and joy and love. And and that's not easy work either, but I love those 12 steps. Okay. You know, going to the meetings and all that, that gets a little old and, and we can do a better, better thing at that. But those 12 steps, I don't care if you have any, we all have some sort of (laughs) bad habit, but no matter what's going on, those 12 steps are blessed. So I went into that, right? Well, in that, then I became a born again Christian, which is nothing like being a Catholic. I, 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 my, my grandfather was the most saintly man I ever known Catholic. And we used to get in terrible fights because I'm saying you got to confess Christ or you're going to die. You know, another, you know, bad story, right? You know, any of these religions where our way is the only way mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I can't go there anymore. So anyways, so I played that game for a while and then I started having these kids. Now, how do you want to raise your children? Right? So, so, and so, I raised them in a Christian environment. I would do it differently today, but that's what I did, right? And so, so then I go from the born again Christian to I, I, I come to a philosophy. And so, and, and by the way, when Margot was uh, diagnosed, you know, she's a Latina and Catholic, raised Catholic. We would go to Catholic church. I mean, there's comfort in this stuff. I'm not knocking any of this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, none of us really know. Okay, we can have a million philosophies. So we never really know. But so my belief system, let's fast forward to today. Here's what I believe that I love the work of Tesla. It's all energy, vibration and frequency. See, right now, you and me, we're operating the frequency of light. And in this dimension, whatever you want to call it, is duality. You can't have good without evil here. Okay. Mm-hmm. the problem with the world today is there's too much evil, none of good. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to push back the evil and bring balance. You're always going to have good and evil here. You're always going to have hot and cold, black and white, rich and poor. That's the way this thing is structured. Okay. so not much we can do. What we can do is live this life the best way, play this game and elevate ourselves and go to a higher frequency where the next frequency, I believe we don't we're not in an animal body. You know, we're we, we're in an animal body. We urinate, defecate, fornicate. But we're a soul, we're spirit, and we can create. We're the only animal that can create. The problem is we can create evil just as much as we can create good. So so I think when you understand that, the duality, and for me, it's about love. And this is the beauty of Margot. You know, it was a, it's about love. And I think today, especially because the world is hurting right now, I can't even tell you the suffering. And And so I think we need to take the word love and make it a verb an action. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's none of this. Oh, I love, you know, you know, you know, and I got into the new age stuff too. And we're just going to sit here and take some plant medicine and love. It. No, man, we got to, there's seven and a half billion people. And so many are suffering, but if seven and a half, if half of us would lift up someone less fortunate, and I don't care if you don't have a dollar in your pocket, there's someone less fortunate. And if you can lift them up, it could be a smile. It could be a conversation. It could be holding their hand. I don't know. But if we all did that, 
you know what would happen to the consciousness in this planet? And, and, and let's talk about consciousness, because you and me, we have our individual consciousness, and we can pretty much control that, right? But there's the collective consciousness. And there's days, that's when you wake up some days, you're just depressed, and because you're picking up that energy. They have um, 9-11, they can show you, you know, graphs, technology, where the emotional energy of the world just plummeted. Then you have these great teachers, Joe Dispenza being one, where they'll do these big meditations in the city, crime will drop. We are all connected. And, you know, in my book, I talk about, you know, I long for the day where family is defined as the human family. Okay. So I have a wife, I have kids, but, but, you know, that's family, right? But there's the human family and I've, we've lost that. And I think for us to serve humanity to survive and keep going, we need to find it again. We're talking with Mike Murphy. He's the author of Living in Color. Uh, it's uh, dealing with, of course, uh, a love story in sickness and in health. And we are talking with him here on Tell Me Your Story. We do have new paradigms for a new world, and we're giving those to you through the choices and knowledge of those choices that uh, will help to make your dreams come true. And I have to tell you, uh, Mike, that uh, one of the most fascinating things for me about uh, uh, all of what you've said uh, in the last uh, in the last little bit there is <clears throat> having to do with our emotions. Um, I have faced some very challenging times in what I will refer to <laughs> as the third quarter of 2021. <clears throat> um, and... Um, uh, maybe on the face of it, uh, uh, I was outscored, you know, 50 to nothing or something like that. But I somehow, it came from somewhere, maintained this sense of optimism in spite of everything. And I will tell you that one of the things that I was taught, and I'll have you uh, talk a little bit about this in light of what, what you just shared... Someone said to me, in regards to the, all of these challenges that I was dealing with, they said, and I quote, just become the observer. Now, that's, that's easier said than done. Really, that's really who you are, by the way. Yeah. You're not your body. You're not your thoughts. You are the observer. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I, and it's, it's easier said than done. Because, oh, because because we're, we're because we're human, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. this body and these emotions. See, when we have a bad thought, it relates, re releases bad chemicals and now our body feels bad. We got to. And that's what the beautiful thing about Mounds of Hope is we're going to teach people this and teach them how to reprogram this thing. So you don't have those bad feelings, you know, and you don't have these bad thoughts. You take control of that because the truth is, who are you really? Who and you know this is what Byron Casey. Who are you without your story? You know when did you become Richard? When did I become Mike? And when did that story start? And and what does it mean? And not much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 it's 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 been interesting because I had the same optimism in early uh, mid March of 2020 when the uh, World Health Organization declared a pandemic, a global pandemic and the United States along with other countries decided we're shutting things down. Now, two reasons why I had optimism. You know and I both know living here in this country that over the years and I'm 61, every time the influenza season kicked in, 
they would tell you, you know, you ought to stay home, you know, if you don't feel well, don't spread it around. Of course, most people, they didn't do that. They went to work, they went to school, spread it around, and it lasted for weeks. And the level of productivity and what really kind of disgusts me about our economic system is the fact that it's more important than our personal and global and and, and, and group health. Uh, Be that as it may, um, whereas when the pandemic was declared, they said, we're shutting things down. And I jumped for joy going, thank God you finally got Einstein's message about insanity. We're doing something different. Now, we don't know how, because we're not completely through it yet, but we don't know how it's going to, how we're going to come out the other side, but we do know it's going to be different. Whether we like it or not, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother issue. We just know that it's going to be different. And I was thrilled, but there was another second part of that optimism. And that was, even though I didn't know, uh, uh, taking uh, Larry King, as you mentioned earlier, his position of agnosticism, uh, more that's more towards spirituality than it is uh, anything else. But again, agnosticism towards the future period. I was optimistic about the opportunities we didn't even know existed yet because we decided to do something different. And there are people who have actually thrived during this period. Now, that may sound pretty bad to some people. But it's like, well, wait a minute. Does everybody have, they declare a pandemic and we all, seven and a half billion, have to suffer? No, because some of us have to be there to be caretakers or caregivers, if you will, for the others, whether they come down with the virus or they're affected by it because of others in their families, in their workplace, in their, in their immediate uh, relationships uh, that are affected by it. So we need to be there for them. We need to support them. We need to say, hey, I know it, I know it looks bad, okay? Uh, but looks can be deceiving. Now, I realize that, that the reality is that over 700,000 people in the United States alone are no longer with us. They have died. 700,000 human beings. 700,000 different potentials that could have contributed more to our way of life, our civilization, our raising of the consciousness, as you've talked about it, which is what this program's all about, that aren't with us anymore in the animal body, as you as you talk about. Um, let's talk a little bit about that aspect of dealing with these, I'll call them challenges, Okay, these events. And and what we like to do, uh, uh, Mike, is we like to use the analogy of a circle. There's an event going on in the circle. And what we want you to do is we want you to go and move around the circle looking in at that event and get a different perspective from each point, as many points as you can along that uh, around that circle. And become that observer. Do the best you can to get out of your emotions. We're, we're not denigrating emotions. They are very important because they help us to release stuff. But as the observer and you begin to get a different perspective, hey, you know, uh, it can change things. Well, you're absolutely correct. And, and, I, and I applaud your optimism, you know, but it's been a difficult 18 months or two years, right? Because there's so many narratives and there's so much division. 
and now there's censorship, which I don't understand. And so there's there a lot of things are changing in America, right? And and then there's the economics of America, the debt that no one talks about. I mean, just we're just going to keep clicking that mouse until I don't know when. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know because you know I've, I've had a car dealership in Oakland, California for 25 years. The last five six years, I've never seen homelessness like this. Okay, now when you drive up uh, the freeway 80 past Berkeley, I mean, it's like it's it's like Afghanistan. It's like Iraq. I mean, it's just encampments of homeless. So this breaks my heart. Right. And and then you look, okay, so what is going on? Because there's 20,000 people in downtown Los Angeles sleeping shoulder to shoulder, no social distancing, no masks, no hand sanitary. Why aren't they all dead? So I get confused. And and honestly, I, I. I'm at the point now is my message now is more spiritual. I don't know what's going on in the world and I don't know what the the rulers, the powers to be. Right. So my message is, Hey, let's just love one another and let's try to help one another. And and from the grassroots, because man, if you look at the world, I mean, I used to get into this stuff, right. I had a podcast like, you know, I mean, it was insane. Right. And it was affecting me, my health, my attitude, my optimism. So I had to check out. And so now I'm taking a more spiritual approach because that we we are eternal timeless consciousness. This little body thing here, okay. Margot died at 38. I'm 64. Let's say I live five more years. What's the difference? It's a blink of an eye in in the big scope of things, right? This physical incarnation. So so I'm looking at things more uh, spiritual. But I will say this, and you touched on it. And one of my favorite movies of all time is the movie Silver Lining. Because in everything, there is always a silver lining, you know, and, and we just have to stay conscious and look for it and, and realize that, you know, there's certain things we can't control. They're beyond our control. So so what do we do? We, we have to accept them and then find the silver lining, find something to learn and grow by and stay optimistic and, and create a better life. And that's all we can do. Yeah. We're talking with Mike Murphy, author of Living in Color. Uh, It's funny, when I first read the title, I'm going, oh, this is a book about that TV show, In Living Color. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And of course, uh, we we love the colors that we see in this world, uh, uh, a myriad of them, including the blue skies. And of course, here in California, you know, it's been challenging uh, this uh, spring, summer and fall, but uh, things are cooling down. I'm loving that. And uh, it's a feeling like fall and heading towards winter, uh, despite what they're saying about uh, the coming season and uh, a lack of rain, but it's going to be cold. And I'm just thinking, okay, well, you know, I still, uh, I don't know about you, uh, um, uh, Mike, but I still have this idea and I realize that it's probably as much of a pipe dream as uh, uh, some of these other ideas they've had for uh, rapid rail service between, I don't know, Los Angeles and Sacramento, or um, I know that uh, a futurist and and, an architect by the name of Jacques Fresco, who has the Venus Project out of Florida, Venus, uh, Florida. And uh, he has talked about how they will eventually have rapid rail where if you are in Los Angeles and you want to go to lunch in New York and be back for your afternoon meeting, it's going to be possible because these things are going to travel like three, 4,000 miles an hour. You want to go to Italy, you want to go to, to Paris, France and have, uh, have a dinner and be back before the kids uh, go to bed, you'll be able to do it again because these things are going to be traveling so fast. Uh, mine has to do with... Okay, when it snows up north, and I don't mean Northern California, I mean up north like um, Nebraska, North Dakota, Wyoming, okay, where the snow is is eight feet deep or what have you, why aren't we uh, gathering that up? 
uh, and right. shipping it out. I mean, there's no way you're going to make a huge dent in in that water, uh, that ice, uh, that snow, uh, if you remove it, that Wyoming and North Dakota and Nebraska are going to miss it. Okay, you get permission, uh, you get a lease, whatever, and you then start piping it through whether it's pipes or you truck it. It just seems like was such a waste in one sense. But I also know, too, that the water, when it melts, it goes down the rivers and it does its thing that way. It just seems to me like um, there's so many other things that we could be doing uh, to be more sustainable and utilize the resources now that in the 21st century we do have these incredible technologies. But, and this is kind of where I'm going with this, technology is really not going to help us when it comes to going within and listening to our intuition and our still small voice, is it? No, you, you just hit the nail on the head, in my opinion, because, yes, we're, 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 it's all this. Our life is here, right? And we don't go inside, you know, and we don't live from our heart. You know why? Because it's painful. It hurts, mm-hmm. you know. When I live up here, I can, I can make shit up, right? Excuse my language. But when I live here, I and mean, feelings hurt, okay? Let's face it. They're great when they're good, but when they're bad, they hurt. And so that's why most people don't want to stay here. But the thing with technology, and there was, a, I just watched a great show on uh, Netflix. I couldn't stop watching called Startup. And it's, it's the story is a, a gangbanger, uh, uh, drug guy, Haitian guy in South Florida, uh, a white rich kid in South Florida, and a Cuban uh, computer hacker all get together and create a startup. So they created like a Google, but what you see, it's all about money. Everything is about money. There is no heart. You know, all these corporations running the world, okay? Look at Amazon. I mean, how many how many guys like you and me did they put out of business? How many families suffered? Now, Amazon's great, don't get me wrong, but it, but is it really good? What if, what have we gained and what have we lost, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're a giant. You can't try talking to them. It's impossible, you know? So, so I think we've lost our soul. Corporations don't have a soul. They don't have a heart, you know? So I think we've lost a lot of that. And, and then now integrity, you know, where they don't have integrity. They're loyal to their shareholders. You mentioned bringing the water down. And the first thing I think to myself is, okay, what company, what global corporation is that going to hurt? Even though it's going to help mankind, Whose balance sheet is it going to hurt? Because that will never happen because of that. It's all about money and power. And and therefore, we've lost our soul because we let these giant corporations run our life. And then when you get into this stuff, I mean, boy, I mean, it's it's here. I wish it wasn't. That's all I can say. And I have a good friend, uh, Dr. Robert Young, wrote the PH Miracle. And, you know, he said he was on a show the other day. He says, you know, you know, all those uh, those geek kids we made fun of when we were in high school. Well, now they're running the world and they're out to get us. And, and sometimes I feel like that dealing with this stuff, you know, and, yeah. and, and, you know, we're similar in age, right? So I'll go, okay, I'm going to take a whole day and I'm going to learn this. Okay. I got to learn this. Oh, I learned it 60 days later, new program, new, new version. And <laughs> I know nothing again. And that's frustrating. You know, uh, you bring up a memory of mine. When I first got into computers, my biggest fear was there was this little red button somewhere on the keyboard, and I was going to find it, and I was going to press it by accident, and it would blow up the computer. Well, once I realized there was no little red button that was hiding there waiting for me to push it to blow up the computer, uh, I went to town, and I started building them. 
I started building there computers. Uh, and it was I had a blast doing it because it was it was to me it was like building models as I did when I was a kid growing up. Uh, only in this case it was a working model, and I knew that I built it right when it worked. <laughs> but uh, the memory that flashed in my mind was of the first uh, operating system that I used, which was Windows, and it was Windows 3.1. Yeah. And um, I have probably uh, what would be considered a PhD in installing Windows 3.1 because every time I would install it, then I would go through all of the files that it installed and I would say, well, I don't need this one and I don't need this one, not knowing what in the heck they're used for. I just figured, eh, get rid of that, get rid of that. And then the program wouldn't work again. And for some silly reason, I kept doing that until I realized, oh, you need the DLLs and you need the EXEs and you need, you know, you need the INI files. Don't start deleting stuff. Leave it alone. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, I'm with you there. And it's like I'm still using a phone that I've been using probably for five or six years. So I haven't upgraded my phone. I'd like to. But what's really frustrating for me, and this goes back to the whole money thing. Yes, Richard. Yes, it's it's a it's a nine hundred dollar phone. We'll give it to you for free for signing up for another year or two years or whatever. However, you're going to have to pay the taxes on it, and that's two hundred dollars. I'm going oh wait, then it's not free. Oh, it is free because you're not paying for the, the the device itself. You're only paying the taxes on the device, but the taxes are part of the price, which is usually factored in. This is like oh, so you know that's just kind of the way that it goes. Uh, we're talking with Mike Murphy, the author of, uh, of uh, <laughs> Living in Color. Uh, it is a love story uh, in sickness and in health. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and this is Tell Me Your Story. We are bringing you new paradigms for a new world here on the program. Every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. But don't forget about the Wednesday special edition of Tell Me Your Story. That's 9 o'clock Wednesdays. Uh, it's 9 a.m., okay? So make sure to make a note of that. The podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and a bunch of other locations, including Amazon Music, as well as iHeartRadio. Uh, and we're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. Hope you'll subscribe to any or all uh, so that every time I upload a new video or audio, uh, you will be notified and you can take a listen to it. And again, over 50,000 listens as of this broadcast. It's Wow. Uh, I, I kind of was looking forward to that as I hit 45,000. I wasn't thinking too much about it when I was in the 30s. But uh, wow, it's it's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm thrilled. I am absolutely thrilled. We also hope that if you'd like to support the work that we are doing, as many have, uh, and we are grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those who have supported us and who will support us. We do have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. And when you go to send, they're going to ask you for an email address. And the email address you put is richard at richarddugan.com and we use paypal for your security as well as ours we also hope that you'll participate in the decade of perfect vision the 2020s where we encourage you as we were just talking about going within and listening to that still small voice and one of the other things i want to talk about in that regard uh, mike is is the aspect of getting to know self you know you kind of quoted uh uh, uh, Descartes and in regards to um, 
I, I think, therefore I am, and you kind of modified it to, I feel, therefore I am. Uh, and we have a lot of feelings about our past. And uh, we've even talked about the aspects of forgiveness or, lack, or, or the lack of the need thereof. Uh, and yet we do have a light and a shadow side, you yeah. know. Uh, and it, quite honestly, is a matter of perspective because someone could, for example, take a look, do a review of our lives, and uh, you got one side that's the light and the other side is the shadow side, and they'd look at the shadow side and go, no, I'll move that over to the light. That's No, I mean, that's fine. You're, you were good there. You know, that's no problem. And, oh, that was in the light. No, that should go over to the shadow side. But we, being the, you know, the, the critics, you know, the critical mind that we have at times, um, we really, we really put ourselves through the ringer and we need to start taking a look at why we are the way we are today and then start making new choices after we have worked through, shall we say, the traumas of the past and released through the emotions, as I mentioned earlier, that that's what they're there for, to allow us to sort of let go of uh, some of this stuff. Talk to us about your experiences and, and the way that you work with the intuition and teach others through the uh, creation frequency. Well, you just said a bunch there. So um, I want to write a new book about using the creation frequency to overcome addictions, right? So I've been giving a lot of thought to this lately. And, you know, the, the, the light and the shadow, right? So it's what I talked about earlier is duality. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the way it is. So I have a goodness in me and then I have the darkness in me and it's all right here. And there's that one quote, I always screw it up, but you know, which animal you feed, you know, determines what you do. You know, right. You know, you know, well, but so, but my point is this, that it's okay. It's, it's, it's the way it's supposed to be. So, so when I look at these things in me that, that don't serve my highest self, okay, then I have to get comfortable with them. Okay. And, and then, accept them and then say, okay, do I want to put this over here and let it just be there? And, 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 or do I deal with it? Or do I want to try to limit? We just have to get comfortable. It's all about consciousness and awareness and, 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 and honesty and transparency and looking at our life and saying, okay, Hey, I got this good side, but I, I can't have the good without the bad. So, so now how do I live my life? What choices do I make? And it's, I believe it's all about guarding our mind, our thoughts, what, what we allow to stay there. Cause thought, thought, where do thoughts come from? Right. And so, but what are we allowed to stay there? And what are we allowed to entertain us there? And then more importantly, you know, you talk about feelings, but see, I believe the feelings, and this is why I believe, especially for guys, we're taught not to feel. Okay? Right. Because, because that's our truth meter, you know, how, I like to go to Hawaii right, a lot, right? So how do the whales know to come from, you know, Alaska down to Hawaii, give birth and go back? I'm in South America right now. How the birds know to fly south? What happened to our gift? What happened to our intuition? Are we the least evolved or the most evolved, right? Because we've lost that. Now, there's a lot of theories. We have this pineal gland, blah, blah, blah. But I really feel that if the, the hardest, longest journey that we must take Every single one of us is 18 inches long. It's from the mind to the heart. Mm. Okay. We are programmed to live here. Why? Because you can instill fear here. This is fear. Here is love. Here is, here is my truth. Right. And so I really believe that is the answer to all this. And you, 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 you know, you're going to have a shadow side. That's just the way this, this system works here. But, but 
acknowledge it. Don't run from it. Embrace it and learn to deal with it and, and figure out what you want to do. Hey, there's some things that I know that, that aren't going to serve my eyes up. I said, well, I'm going to do it anyways because I want to do it right now. And, and, and I'm not going to beat myself up over it. Okay. But I'm not going to let it get out of control either. You know, that's the thing. We have to keep things in balance. Yeah. Balance is, is the key right there. Uh, and um, one of the other aspects too is uh, in terms of this is, uh, you know, a lot of people will, um, uh, they will struggle, especially when it comes to male and female. And, and we're, we're, we're not just talking about male and female energy here. We're talking about males and females in different positions and taking control and doing this and that and the other. And, of course, there's the huge movement that's been going on for, well, I, st- I remember the ERA movement back in the 60s and 70s, uh, Equal Rights Amendment. And um, I, I, I know that it is not women's goal in this case— to take over. And I've talked to a lot of women over the years, over 40 years of interviewing. They don't want to take over. It's just using the same word that you just used. They want to have a balance, shall we say, of power. Uh, They want to participate equally in this process we call life in all aspects. And... Quite honestly, I grew up in a family with five females and three males. I am more than happy to live under a matriarchal society. But again, that is not what they are gunning for, if you will. (laughs) That's not what they want, uh, as it has been explained to me. Now, if there's somebody out there that actually does want (laughs) to usurp men's power, and I would have to say that if that were the case, they have justification but then, of course, that also brings a little bit of karma. You know, the old uh, what comes around goes around or the, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Well, I mean, that's just kind of the way the universe works. So um, uh, we need to we need to do that balancing, not only externally, but first we have to do it internally, not only between our light and our shadow side, Mike, but also between our male and our female, as they talk that. about the yin and the yang. You know, I mean, I mean, this subject, we could talk forever. I really I really want to create a video series where we're because I don't think parents do. I know in my case, they didn't. As, as, as a child and as a parent, I did a bad job of teaching my children about sex, about relationships with the opposite sex and how to honor those things and how important they are and how random sex is going to have a huge impact down the road. And no one teaches this stuff. And and for whatever reason, right? And so I really want that, my heart goes out to that because I think that's a big problem in the world today is how we treat one another of the opposite sex. We don't understand one another and we're never taught. So if you're never taught, you can't be wrong, right? You can just be messed up. And Richard, can I don't know how much time we have, but can I talk about Mounds of Hope for one second here? Uh, That was actually the next step in the process, please. I'm reading your mind. So first of all, you you go to the website, mountainsofhope.com. See how beautiful. This is 20 acres. We have 12 bedrooms. We're building a clinic. We're building a gym. We're building a pool. We're building jacuzzi, a cold water plunge, pickleball courts. We're building something special. But the most important thing we're building is a 22-day transformational health retreat. But we can't do that. We're not going to be fully constructed until March. So that won't happen until then. So what we're going to do in December, we're going to, and if you, all the dates are on mountainsofhope.com, but we're going to do a 
uh, eight day juice detox liver flush. Okay. And normally this would be, you know, $2,500, We're going to sell it for around $1,000. Okay. And, and, and by the way, Medellin Colombia is a three hour flight from Miami and our place is a 10 minute drive from the airport. And we will pick you up. You have nothing to worry about. It's safe. And we speak English and you got nothing to worry about. So I'm going to encourage people to, to come to that. Okay. The dates are there. We have one in December, one in January, one in February. These are only one week long, special value. These will be life transforming for your health and your longevity and your energy, because what's more important than your energy. Okay. Then in addition to that, if you're an influencer, if you have somebody that, you know, in, in that kind of business, you know, contact us, or go to the contact, um, button there at mountainsofhope.com. Send us an email, say, hey, I'm an influencer. I do I, I do retreats. I do this. We might fly you down here for free. We want you to experience this because what we're building here, there's nothing like it in the world. And it's going to truly, truly transform lives. And then lastly, if you're below the poverty line and you've recently been diagnosed with some sort of cancer, female, okay, through the Love for Margo Foundation, we will pay all your expenses to come down here. We will treat you while you're here. We'll look at your um, situation. And if, the, if we have a good doctor, and there's tons of them here, and we will hook you up with that. We will support you. We will love you in your healing journey. So for that, just go to the contact page again and just say, hey, you know, I saw this interview. I saw this guy. I want to learn more. And we will get right back to you because this is my new work now. You know, the, the beautiful thing about living, I have a beautiful new wife now that supports me in this work, understands. I mean, this can't be easy for her, right? You know, I'm on here talking, you know, about this woman that I fell in love with and is now dead. But now we have a new life, a new wife, and a new direction. A better than Love for Margot version one. This is Love for Margot version two, where we're really going to have an impact and we're going to grow this thing. You know, we might have 15 people at each retreat in 2022. We might double it in 2023. We might open another center, you know, again in 2024. We don't, we have big plans for this because the world needs this. And, and the, the timing is good too, because everybody's thinking about their immune system right now. Everybody's learning about vitamin D. Everybody's learning about how toxic their body is and how we need good vitamins and nutrients. And more importantly, we're going to get into this and we're going to, we're going to show you how to access the quantum field of infinite possibilities. And that's what I love about Joe Dispenza. When his workshops, people are, people are getting out of wheelchairs. People are having instant healings from cancer. So, so we are more powerful than we could ever dream of. And that's what Mountains of Hope is all about. So I hope you guys will go check that out. Absolutely. And of course, as I've said, we will be linked to your website uh, as well so that people can uh, check out the books that you have. In addition to uh, Living in Color, there is also The Creation Frequency. And uh, then, of course, you also have, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I mean, there are a myriad of different resources for you to check out, let me tell you. Uh, it just it just is never-ending in that respect. You have the creation frequency. You have love unfiltered. And then, of course, uh, the living in color that we've been talking about here on the program today. This has been a fascinating, in my opinion, conversation uh, in terms of all of the work that you are currently doing. And we're so grateful that you have shared this time with us here on Tell 
Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Mike Murphy has been our guest here on the program. And Mike, uh, I, I greatly appreciate your openness uh, to all of this, especially, uh, and it's hard sometimes to talk about, especially our past and some of the, the things that we've done that, yeah, okay, yeah, in a way, we wish we hadn't, but, you know, you take a look at where you are now and going, well, I'm, I'm doing good now, you know. Yes, I may have, I may have um, precipitated some hurt uh, on people. And, of course, you didn't hurt them. This is one of the other aspects of this that we won't go into right now. But if your wife and children felt hurt by you, they chose to feel hurt, okay? Uh, you did things that you felt at the time you needed to do, living your truth. Just as I, uh, in the last, in the third quarter of 2021, did the same thing. uh, And I recognize and acknowledge, I also take responsibility for my actions, but I can't take responsibility for somebody else's emotions. They are making the choice. And uh, it would be, to me, the same thing as uh, uh, the best example I can give is... um, I, I, um, as of this interview, the day before our conversation, I, w- I was involved, I put it this way, in, a, uh, in an accident with my truck where I hit someone in a crosswalk. The light was green. I had the right of way, except that this person just suddenly appeared in front of my truck and I didn't have time to stop and I hit them. I was only going maybe two or three miles an hour because I was just starting out from a red light. But still, I'm responsible according to the law. Uh, fortunately, the gentleman was not injured other than maybe a slight scratch on the left knee that uh, on the left side of his left knee that apparently that's what he was laying on when when I got to him when I got out of the truck and I stayed there with him until the paramedics and police arrived. Um, and, and it's like, OK, I was even standing next to the telephone pole, the tears running down my eyes because of what I felt like, oh my God, what have I done? You know, here's my license. I don't want to do this anymore, you know, kind of thing. And saying, okay, be the observer, be the observer, be the observer. And it was really very difficult to be the observer at that moment because I never wanted to hit another human being with this this machine that could do serious damage. And again, I was fortunate that it didn't. But then that would have been, that was my choice to be in tears. That was my choice to try to become the observer, to try to better understand, okay, what, what is the lesson the universe is trying to teach me here? And I'm still processing that because it's still fresh in my mind. Um, so I think that's one of the things that we get trapped in, isn't it? Is we get trapped in, oh my God, I hurt you. Oh my God, you're crying because I did this. And so it's, uh, it's my fault that you're crying or that you're upset or whatever. And we, and we end up believing things that aren't true, that don't serve us. And it's not even close to the truth. And we put ourselves in all this turmoil, Yeah, you know? So when we learn to be free of that, we're free. Mike Murphy, unfiltered.com is the website. We'll be linked to your website. But I have three final questions I want to ask you before we uh, release you from, uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, from the, the interview. So it's, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of some other cute phrase. Uh, those three questions I ask all of my guests. You may have addressed them during the interview, but I'd like to ask them pointedly. And the first of those three is, and I'm going to ask it this way, who is Mike Murphy? 
I'm just a regular guy, just like everybody listening to this, just like you, you know, I'm a human being uh, that was programmed a certain way from based on where I was raised and who raised me and so on and so forth. And then I start to uncover the truth. And so we're all evolving and we're all moving to become the best version of ourselves, hopefully before we take that last breath. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I would love to see transparency and truth when it comes to this medical system that we're a part of right now. And that we, we have, we can have some honest debates about what really serves people because in my opinion right now, it's, it's way too much about money and not about you and me and our health, especially those that don't have resources are totally screwed. And I'd like to see that change. And finally, what is your life's purpose? To do the best I can and to, and to love as many people as I can genuinely. Well, Mike, I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. It's been a great pleasure to have you back. Uh, I want to have you back again to talk more about not only uh, the creation frequency, but also your new book in that regard. So uh, we look forward to, uh, to, to that opportunity probably in 2022. I love it, Richard. It's been a joy to be with you. You're a great interviewer. Thank you very much. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lull. <laughs>